is the Flex Network. <laughs> this is the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Flex Network. I'm your host, Flex Shane. You can follow me on Twitter at the Flex Network One. Today, I'm joined, of course, by Brandon Adam. You can follow him on Twitter at Brandon D. Adam 19. And the clown prince himself, some would call him the clown prince, Mike Dickinson. You can follow him on Twitter <laughs> at Mike underscore Dickinson. Gentlemen, what's going on? Sitting here enjoying this weekend, and I'm excited to be here with you guys. This is uh, a privilege to be able to do this with you guys. We have a lot of fun, and I enjoy it every week. Yeah, and hopefully clown slash crown prince is the worst thing that I'm called today, but I'm hedging that it probably <laughs> won't be. So, yeah. Uh-oh. Probably. Uh-oh. Man, man, like, you just – I would say you're in perfect form, Mike, in terms of your wet blanket takes – and uh, For sure. we had to before before you jumped into the room. Um, Brandon and I were just pretty much talking about how good we think Trey Lance is going to be this year, and we're like, all right, we got to make sure we get these takes out before Mike comes into the chat room because we just yes. know he's going to shit all over it. Like that's just how all we over it. That's oh yeah, yeah. But like... when but here's the thing: when, when you post when you post a Trey Lance comp to Colin Kaepernick, and the dude hasn't thrown for over sixty percent for his entire career, that's not helping your case, dude. Oh. No, I, I just ne- I basically said well, body type prospect Colton Kaepernick. Yes. Body type prospect style of play. play. Style yeah. of play. Under 60%. 10, oh, yeah. yeah. Here we go. INT ratio. Here we go. Four years into his career. Oh, I mean, it's your God. comparison, not mine. It's not my comparison at all. I've never compared him to Colin Kaepernick. I have way higher aspirations for my guy, Trey Lance. He go. has more Josh Allen traits. And Dak Prescott traits than anything. So that is what I have always. He's a mix of those two guys, and I like it. I think he's very well suited for it. I just think he was he was just raw. He has all the tools. I'm excited for this Kyle Shanahan offense to get coached up. And just like George Kittle, he can run that ball. You never know. Like he can just run that ball and run you the fuck over for the end zone, and then you got your six and that is fine i'm good with that give me early josh allen as a rookie i'm happy with that people can evolve in the nfl and i think trey lance will evolve dramatically from year one to year three yeah and, J- and jalen hurts has shown us that you don't need to be a good passer in the nfl to be there you a good, go be a good fantasy asset the question is the long-term viability so when you're talking yeah. about it from a redraft standpoint versus a dynasty standpoint that's where that's where the conversation has to have some new if he's named, I, if he's yeah. anointed the starter this year i i think you'd be in on him as a top eight quarterback because of that because of that rushing floor i don't think you, you could put I don't think you could push him all the way up to top five, but I think top eight, top ten is safe. The question is from a the question is from a dynasty standpoint: Is he going to be viable long term? Is he going to be able to improve that pass? Six and four he, two forty. Give me him. He, he is going to yeah, be but, just fine. But, but he's so not Jalen Hurts. But so is Cam us. Newton, and Cam Newton had Cam Newton had a handful hey. of good years, but yes. now he's irrelevant. Yeah, so, but he was also an MVP and he played in ball and went to the Super Bowl. I just want you to understand. I understand that as a guy that's drafting a Trey Lance, everybody understands that when you draft mobile quarterbacks, we understand they're they aren't going to be Tom Brady and play twenty years. They're not, so that's fine. But you're still going to get that amazing production in fantasy football, and that's what I'm looking for. And the, but the problem is if he never goes above sixty percent passing, if he does, which he will, that, I think he will. He, man, I think he will. History, Just history, like Josh history. Allen, evolve, dude. Go ahead, jo- you, let's, Josh let's go. Allen is a one. Josh Allen is a one on one. Okay. Okay. I don't know. I called out that one on one pretty early. I don't know. I, I don't know. No, he's but one. He, I say he's one of one to make that leap from sub sixty to north of seventy. That's I know. That's like that's genera- That's once in a generation. Hey, Dude, and it's I would, work ethic. It's work ethic. It's work ethic. It is. I would one hundred percent love to be wrong on it, but I feel like as a at, if we're gonna put if we're gonna put quality dynasty content out there, then. I kind of I owe it. Then to, you draft Trey to, Lance. Then you draft Trey Lance. I owe it to hedge. Go ahead, there, Shane. Blind eyes, Go ahead, Shane. Blind eyes, Go ahead, Shane. Uh, teen girl optimism. <laughs> we just. I, lo- I love how I started. <laughs> I love. Should we talk Mike about Kyler Murray, Murray next? Yeah, we should. No. Yeah, we absolutely should. <laughs> no, I just, I just love Mike patronizing. He's basically like, listen, like, of course, like Trey Lance could be good, but if we actually want to give quality 
fantasy advice, don't draft Trey Lance. Don't draft Trey Lance. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying don't draft him. I'm saying temper your expectations, folks. Oh, I love don't it. Draft I, him I got you. He's the next Josh Dude, Allen I got you. He's never been You're a Josh fine. Allen. Yeah, so somehow You're this turned into a Trey Lance conversation, which I love. I mean, look. I love that. Right? I just I just checked the Trey Lance underdog ADP, and he is firmly in the middle of round nine at this point. So, it, I mean, you could legit get him as your QB2, which is a massive <laughs> upside. We've seen it in the past. Yep. We saw with Jalen Hurts last year, two years ago, frankly. Um, year before that, or a couple years before that, Lamar Jackson was would just had the massive upside being drafted late. So you look at your archetype, like the player that you're going to be targeting as your QB2, they it's Trey Lance has that written all over him and he's going to be the starter. Like um, yep. Shanahan came up Everything. this week and basically said that the fact that Jimmy G had the surgery, um, it delayed their ability to trade him. I mean, I don't think yep. teams want to trade for an injured guy. That's just a fact. Right. Um, and then, and then you, you couple that into the fact that Trey came out this week and said that he was in with a broken index finger last year, which yeah. impacted his ability to throw. So I don't know. I mean, look, look, the facts are the the, the facts are this. Okay. It's been a long ass time. Was it like three years now since Trey Lance had an entire season where he was a starter? So right. that that's just reality, right? He went to a small school. Yep. And uh, there's a lot of risks there. We got this Mike is a, this is a this is a massive high risk pick. Um, I, like Trey, I, I will say that as a guy that's in on Trey, I just look at traits and I think what can succeed in the NFL right away, and he has that. I love it. Let's do it. And uh, I think I think Trey Lance, I think Kyle Shanahan has a, a, a huge game plan for this guy. I think they just been slow rolling this whole whole trade just because of that. And I've also heard um, via through Pat McAfee, there's beat writers that say that um, the, the agent of Jimmy said to them that they would demand a release if a trade couldn't be done. Um, they would want to get a release be to so they can control their future and go wherever they want. Um, but I think something's going to happen probably in training camp or maybe a little earlier. I, I just read that they're looking to see, clear him with doctors of the area bef before they're able to like, they have to check that off of the shoulder of course. Um, when his rehab is complete. And then he doesn't have to throw yet, but you can just check that off and be like, yeah, he's fine. He's going to be fine. And then they'll trade. But anyways, we don't talk about Trey Lance for 20 minutes. We could, I mean, I would love to talk about Trey Lance. For Trey Lance that, <laughs> you know, we just give the people what they want. That's right. Dude, it's uh, a so it's couple, yeah. couple things. The clipboard Jesus, Mike, what's going on? Thank you for joining. Thanks for watching. Um, we have a couple announcements, some pretty monumental announcements that I should I think we should get to before, before we get into the show. So um, I was approached by uh, DFS Army, the geek, who is a friend of the program. Um, he plays in a number of fantasy leagues with mm -hmm. us. And they have been looking for somebody to work on their season-long and dynasty fantasy football because DFS Army, as the name would suggest, their main primary focus, their bread and butter, if you will, is the DFS space and the sports mm -hmm. betting space. So as of June 1st, which is next week, I'm going to be moving over and joining DFS Army to focus on their season-long content. That includes their redraft kit, their dynasty rankings, pretty much anything to do with fantasy football that isn't specifically DFS, I'm going to be handling over there at DFS Army. So it's a fantastic opportunity. Um, Kevin, like, that's amazing. I, I thank you so much for even considering me for, for this opportunity. Uh, so what does that mean for the Flex Network? Um, at least, the very least, we're going to have to put the show on hold just because from a time perspective, it's, gonna, it's, it's too much. It'll be too much for me to manage both this and the DFS Army. But the good news is, over at DFS Army, I'm gonna we're, we are gonna be producing two podcasts a week. I'm gonna be on once a week doing a bold calls podcast, essentially stepping in for Alan Sislowski, aka Season Long Says, and doing a show directly with Kevin once a week. But then also, the boys, the band is staying together, mm -hmm. baby. Saturday mornings, same time, same well, different bat channel, but same bat time. It's gonna be myself, Mike, and Brandon continuing the content that you know and love. Just over at the DFS Army site under the DFS Army banner, of course. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great opportunity. It's going to introduce us to a different audience. I think it's going to continue to push us and make us stronger fantasy football analysts because, you know, when when it's just us, a bunch of three, frankly, nobodies talking about fantasy football, and now we actually have some people that we need to, um, you know, report to and 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 speak to. It's going to be uh, it's going to be different, and but it's going to make us better at what we do. So. Um, this is going to be the last show on this feed, at least for a little while. 
Uh, yeah. The, the Flex Network is going to be around. I mean, Flex Matt's still here, kind of chirping away. We're going to keep the um, the the Twitter account live and going to be retweeting all of our shows and contents from the the Flex Network uh, Twitter account. But <clears throat> for all intents and purposes, we're going to be sleeping a little bit. And uh, literally, I mean, we're not going to miss a beat. Next week, we're going to start. We're going to yeah. continue this content just over at DFS Army. So it's going to be a big change. And uh, hopefully, everybody can follow us over there and continue to support us and continue to talk shit like Clipboard Jesus, man. It's just as easy to talk shit over here as it is with DFS Army. So we expect yep. you, an expectation that you're going to be in, in, in the room um, watching live while we do it. So, so that's it. That's the announcement. And uh, for those of you who have been around since the beginning, like we thank you so much for yeah. the support. And um, yeah, man, it's, it's kind of bittersweet. It's a little sad. I mean, we put a lot of heart and soul into the Flex Network. And um, again, it's it's not dying. It's just pausing and um, another outlet. So that's it. That's all. Yeah, I'm excited. And thank you. Boys I'm happy for, for you, dude. I'm so happy yeah. for you, man. I know how much hard work you do in this whole thing how prepared you are i think you are exactly what they need and i knew that opportunity when that opportunity first came out mm-hmm. i said i talked i i sent immediately a text to shane and i was like you should look into this and shane was like no no we're good i'm good and look what ended up happening the, the small yeah. world ended up taking you in and that's how that's how it is man it's pretty amazing how that worked out you didn't even push for it it just happened and um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for you, man. Cause you're going to be able to do some good content over there and you're going to have a bigger platform for everybody. And we're going to be able to do a lot of great stuff over there too. And I think, uh, you have a huge opportunity to be able to build out that dynasty, um, content for DFS army and the geek over there. Um, I'm pretty excited for you. I appreciate yeah, that brother. Awesome. I mean, congratulations. Thank yeah. you. Dude. Thank you. I mean, I'm just frankly glad you guys are going to come over because, you guys make me look good on this show. I mean, Brandon, you've got your whimsical takes and of course, Mike uh, powering it with all your data and your analysis. And uh, yeah, man, it's going to be fun. And, and frankly, I mean, watch out world. I mean, now that we actually have a platform, a, a yeah. larger platform, it's going to be, it's going to be a little scary. So it's going to be awesome. I think we're going to be able to grow pretty quick boys. I think, yeah. I think it's going to be great. I think we're going to be able to do something very cool. Um, I expect, I expect everybody that watches it on for us on this channel will go over to the next one and join that family. And they've already built something pretty great over there for DFS Army. If you guys play do if you guys do play DFS sports, check it out. It's well worth it. Um, you'll 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 win. Trust me. If you use their stuff, it's just if, that easy with them. Yes. If you play in tournaments, you yes. know the DFS Army logo because you see yep. it at the top of the leaderboard consistently. Yeah, in all aspects. I mean, they do like they do horse racing, they do golf, they um, do NASCAR, they do, they do all everything. They do it's everything. everything. Yeah, yeah. You think we're it's degenerates insane. when it comes to fantasy football? These guys are like the true degens and the experts yeah. at, at your at your daily fantasy. I mean, sports, when so. you talk to when you when you talk to Geek when he gets going on his pods, dude, like he's just wild. So yeah, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> what, what did he say? I, what did he just say? I just saw oh, my said, name on the bottom. No, he complimented. This is this is rare form for clip. He's he's actually complimenting. He's saying Brandon makes everyone look good. That's just a fact. That's just Aww. a fact. Oh, I appreciate that. But yeah. we're gonna be able to have a good time, man. I'm excited. We're gonna have a bigger platform to jump from and reach out. And Mike, you're. I'm telling you, the, the trio. It, this wouldn't have worked as well as it has all year without you. I I appreciate you coming on and um you you really add a lot to this to this whole thing and. Uh, I think we're a good team for sure. I'm glad we're sticking together for a little while and see what happens. Can you tell yeah, my wife sure. that so she stops giving me shit about doing this every Saturday? <laughs> hey, dude, I just tell my dude, I tell my wife, I just I'm just gonna I'm gonna go hang out with my buddies, talk to you in about an hour, see you in a bit. Yeah. Later. <laughs> my my wife likes but to sleep in, so it, it works perfect. I get up early, perfect. I do the show. By the time she's up, it's, it's all done and I, I can move on. Uh so today, guys, we're gonna be talking about some of our favorite dynasty dynasty redraft values um but before that will let's let's put our redraft hats on i don't know if you guys have dabbled in the suite out of the best ball but uh, we got trey coming in here with a quick question in terms of half so redraft half ppr how would you guys rank brandon cooks rashad bateman darnell mooney from one to three uh it's that order for me cooks bateman, it's that mooney. order uh i uh, no i think cooks mooney bateman i think Man, or I don't know. That's close. It's tough, right? You could Rashad Bateman and the, Mooney. You could swap out, but I think Cooks is definitely number tar- one on there. 
Yeah, look at the vacated targets in Baltimore, though. I think that's so. Really, what you're in trade, what you're looking at is you're looking at you're looking at talent and you're looking at opportunity. So we know that Mooney has. We've seen what Mooney can do. That's all well and good. It's in. He's also coming into year one with in a new offensive system. They've added a decent number right. of weapons. They drafted Valus Jones. Whatever you think of that, he's another body there. They bought in. They mm-hmm. brought in uh, ESB. They brought in Byron Pringle. They brought in a bunch yep. of Jags. But you just don't know what that offense is going to look like. Baltimore, you know what that offense has looked like. They've consolidated yeah. their targets. They shed Hollywood Brown. They have uh, Mark Andrews and 144 other tight ends that 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 volume is going to funnel to in the middle of the field. But like, what what did what did Hollywood have? Like 118, 123 targets or something like that. Yeah, year? something it was somewhere yeah. in that neighborhood. So those. So even if Bateman picks up 25 percent of that, you know, you're looking at an additional, and you Whew. you you make the assumption. Okay, Bateman's okay, okay, be- okay. You got me. You got me. It's Bateman. It's Bateman. It's Bateman. You're yeah. right. You're right. You're yeah. right. I I I I'm just so like timid about it because Bateman was one of my guys last year, and you like all this anticipation because of injury, like all that stuff with him. Like I can't wait for this year because I think the opportunity is there. I'm just trying to temper, temper my stuff. Like you know how I am. I'm so all in on guys when I'm in, and I've been acquiring Bateman since probably mid last season in Dynasty. Yeah. So he as much as I could. Draft, look at the draft capital too. I mean, Bateman was what he was back end of the first, second. Yeah, right back end first, back end yeah. first. I mean, my comps for him were Odell Beckham. Like he, like he has that ability, and I, I just love the fact that he, he just did an interview um, with a uh, with one of his teammates, and he just straight, he was like talking about his first uh, moment that he knew he was going to be able to make it in the NFL. It was when he roasted Marlon Humphrey in the in the in the end zone. <laughs> And yeah. it was Marlon Humphrey interviewing him about it. And he was like, I don't remember awesome. that. <laughs> it was it was the best. And you can just tell Bateman has all the juice, man. You can just see it. And all like he has that confidence. So you're right. I think Bateman's a stud. And the the vacated targets is a massive deal there because it's gonna be a funnel. And I'm excited so, about yeah. it. So Brandon, what's your ranking in? One, two, three. Cooks, Bateman, Mooney in redraft. Mike, you're the same? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. See, okay. So Clips saying Mooney, Bateman, Cooks. Ah, okay. Here's the thing Mooney right? can be, dude, Mooney can go to the moon if he has massive amount of targets, which he is very possible. Like, but I just, with the Bears, I just, I mean, I just bought Mooney in one league because I, I am trying to buy a little bit of it because there is a mm-hmm. breakout potential there. But I'm not all in just because it's, the bears so yeah <laughs> like i don't know what they're gonna do with this new offense and i yeah it's and all new much, people i mean these guys, i just looked at the underdog adps these guys are pretty much going bang 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 like in in the same order so you you do have to choose so yeah. i'm gonna go look the, choose. the scary thing about rashad bateman is it's sight unseen right? we saw glimpses of it but for me i'm gonna take a stand here i'm gonna go bateman cooks darnell mooney that's that's okay. how i'm doing it so i and, and Mike, you had Moody last, right? As well. Yeah, I had Moody last. And okay, I, so I think it's I think you can make the Cooks for Bateman or the the case for Bateman over Cooks just because Cooks is on the back yeah. end. They've yeah. added a bunch of offensive talent there. They're in a similar situation. New head coach, you know, uh, yep. Davis Mills is their quarterback. Like of the of these three quarter of these three wide receivers, uh, yeah. you would have to say that Bateman has by far the best quarterback situation. The 100%. most accomplished and the most stable. So it, it's I, I'm with you. I think I think you dude, go Bateman. Either way, it's close, dude. Yeah, you guys. Yep. I, I'm excited. Bateman's gonna kill it this year. I'm, yeah, this is. I, I mean, agree. this is a fantastic question because because yeah. listen, like here's the reality: all three of these players should be productive in fantasy football, right? Brandon Cooks, you pretty much set your watch to it. He's going to be a solid wide receiver too, and yep. he's being drafted there. They're all right around 60 in terms of ADP. So Brandon Cooks, you know what you're going to get. Davis Mills. He showed glimpses last year. I, I think he he performed expectations by far. Um, the last six Sean games, Bateman's he was very good. Yeah. So so Marquise, excuse me, Marquise Brown last year got 145 targets. So Sean <laughs> Bateman, he's going to probably be more efficient. Hopefully, he's, I mean, he's got better hands. He's a better talent than Marquise Brown. So I can see him getting a similar number of targets. Then you're going to okay. argue Darnell Mooney had 140, okay. Okay. but Darnell Mooney with 140 targets only finished as the uh, PPR. Wide receiver 31 with 12.92 fantasy points per game. So it wasn't quite as efficient. The Chicago Bears offense right now is frankly a mess. Uh, that entire is. team is a mess. I don't know what they did in the offseason, but like they 
They do not look like they're functional. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with Bateman. going to go with old reliable Brandon Cooks, and then I'm going Darnell Mooney. But here's the thing. I like all three of these players. Yeah, all Mooney. three of them are going to kill I'm it. Trying I think to trade. all three yeah. will be fine. Yeah, yeah. So all three are good, but uh, flip-flop between Brandon Cooks, Rashad Bateman, whoever you prefer, Trey, and then we have Darnell Mooney third consensus. So If, if, you, if, if, if you like a little bit of excitement, go with Bateman. If you want, mm. if you're mm-hmm. all about just, then if you're all about just knowing what you're going to get, get Cooks. You're going to get a thousand. You're going to get, he's like you said, he's going to be a wide receiver two, easy. He's going to have his wide receiver one weeks. You never have to take him out. But Bateman just has this unknown ceiling. And now with vacated targets with Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. yeah, I think, uh, I, I think he's going to be very successful this year. Yeah, and, and here's the last little thing, okay? So, Brandon Cooks, he's actually been pretty healthy the last couple seasons, but the thing yep. with concussions is they can mount up, be dormant, and then we, we've seen it. So, there's that there's that slight risk with, with Brandon Cooks. Um, yep. The thing I like about Bateman over Darnell Mooney is it simply it's the size, right? Like, Darnell yes. Mooney, give him credit, he's he's 176 pounds, whereas yep. Rashad Bateman is six foot, 190 pounds. He's thick. He's prototype. He's, yeah, perfect. I mean, you, talk, you talk about a player comp, one of his best player comps on playerprofiler.com, which is, of course, the data state we like to use, is Stefan Diggs. And perfect. we've seen that profile work in fantasy football. So I just I just like that style. I tend to defer to that style. And so, man, this is the time you got to go in on Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman is one of these players that he's going to be in the discussion of a round three pick next year. Stamp yep. it here. So he's like – yeah, that, that's you got me so about. excited because I got a lot of Bateman, dude. I know, I do too. <laughs> I've, been training, so I've been trading a lot for him, and uh, man, I, so I trade. I, I ended up trading. It was a few different players, but I, essentially, it was um, I traded Bateman and some picks for for Gabriel Davis and some picks last year. And uh, at the time, at the end of the season, I was like, "Oh, this is not Uh-oh. this is not shaping up to be what I expected it to be." But man, you got to take that leap of faith. Leap of faith. And yep. now that uh, we're going into 2022, I'm just I'm so jacked to have Rashad Bateman as like my wide receiver four on that team. Like yep. it's going to be fantastic. So That's awesome. With that in mind, uh, it gets that gets the uh, the analytical juices flowing. So let's go. Let's talk about some dynasty startup ADP <laughs> player values. All right, Michael. I'm going to flip this one to you because okay. you're the constant wet blanket, but you are a man who often adds sobriety to our <laughs> out there takes. So I'm going to throw it to you. Who's a player that you find is a strong value and somebody that you're targeting in your dynasty startups. Here we go. So I'm going right to fresh off the heels of Alan's podcast with Jordan McNamara last week. And you guys talking about it as well. I'm going right to the running back two position and one of my favorite targets. So the way that I like to do these super flex startups is if I'm the first half of the first round, I'll hit quarterback early. Uh, Brandon and I are in one and I jump back from 101 to 104, grab Burrow, grabbed a couple extra picks. I'm super stoked with the way that all that worked out. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that worked out very, very it nice. Worked out real, so, it worked out real well, dude. Yep. Yeah. So I've been in this in this startup, I've been I've been trying to accumulate targets. I've been trying to work up to that 500 to 550 targets on my first four wide receivers. And I think I'm relatively close to that. But where that left me exposed was at my RB2 spot. So my RB2 spot, where I've gone is, and I've done this the last two or three startups I've done, I've ended up with a lot of James Conner. For my RB two, mm, um, perfect. You you look at you look at what Arizona. You look at what he did last year. He was an absolute stud last year. People were thinking that it was going to be it was going to be Chase Edmonds, and then Connor was going to be the compliment. It actually worked out the other way. Connor was the bell cow, and Edmonds was the Edmonds was the compliment. Um, you saw when Edmonds went out, Connor got the full workload. He actually kept me out of the playoffs in three leagues with that, with that big that big game he had week fourteen last year, which really pissed me off. It makes it even more makes it even more. Um, bittersweet to draft him but with where he's going i just i just let me pull up let me pull up this draft board and i just grabbed him he was i grabbed him and james cover yours james I grabbed, him and J- grabbed him and james cook at the eight nine turn so yeah eight, you know to get to get an rb2 yeah so to get it to get connor as an rb2 right there and I, that was a little behind adp but that's kind of i've grabbed him there in the last handful of drafts that i've done so you know he has the nice part about it is he has a pretty i think what is a pretty clear handcuff in keontae ingram um and he's somebody else that you can grab cheap yep. so 
Um, I really like Connor. Yeah, I love that move, dude. Yeah, I loved it. I love that. That's- when I saw you, when I saw that go down, I was like, yep, that was perfect. So we did a Flex Networks uh, startup draft uh, about a month ago. It was pre-NFL draft, and James Connor went at 9.6. So value there is oh. pretty similar. And then uh, we did another mock. Um, I'm not going to say where because I don't know if we're supposed to show this yet, but he went in the middle of round six, uh, non-super flex. So six, eight. That's perfect. Yeah, that was was sharp value. Uh, So that was was sharp value, I'd say, in round six. But um, yeah, man, I think that's fantastic. I I got nothing else to say. I mean, look, I don't think he's going to be able to repeat those touchdowns this year because that would be pretty epic, but it's not out of the realm of possibility. We like Keontae Ingram. You can get him super late, like you said, Mike. And uh, it's fantastic. Brandon, who you got? What do you mean? Who I got? Who, uh, who's my target? Who's your In next late guy, rounds? Yeah. I, dude, I just took him. And mm. it's this guy named Mike Williams. Oh, and I think, I, I think Mike guy. Williams, Mike Williams is going to end up being the wide receiver one of the Chargers. And I think this is the year it, it officially flips and Keenan Allen is gonna be pulled back on his target share and it's gonna flow more towards Williams um I think the the signing just gives you more and more confidence that they want to grow his role bigger and bigger um they see him every time I see those coaches or the GM talk about um Mike Williams they talk about how much more they got for him <laughs> to do they they want to want him to become a major focal point of the offense and I think the comfort with Herbert being paired with an elite quarterback like Herbert, I mean, his upside is immense. Can he just be consistent? Can he just, like, sometimes he gets seven targets, and then sometimes he gets 15 targets. And, you know, like, I want him just consistently get 10 targets a week, and I think he is going to 1,300 yards, 14 touchdowns. I think he's going to outproduce his ADP wildly. I think he you can throw him in as your wide receiver, top end uh, wide receiver two, and that can creep into being a wide receiver one um, next year. He was a wide receiver 12 in PPR last year. I can see him growing on that um, with the t- more touchdowns. I just see more touchdowns coming his way with just the maturity of, of Herbert as well. I think he'll be able to – Pick it out more. He's just going to be better, I think. I think he's going to have a massive, much like Josh Allen did. Um, I think he's going to – I sneak VP guy. Sneaky MVP player, Justin Herbert. Mm. That could be mm. some – he's in L.A. He's in the media capital of the of the world uh, in L.A. And can he I, – I think if he got hot and he was doing special things, I think he's an MVP type guy That if he takes the next leap and with all the talent around him. Where do you going to be? I think he's going to end up the QB one this year. I think Herbert. <laughs> I love it, I like dude. That. Oh my god, That's... chills. Goosebumps. <laughs> I just got chills, dude. Like literally, dude. I have massive goosebumps right now because I am right there with you. I think Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow are going to are those two young guns that are just going to take a huge step forward. I think they. I think they're both primed just to take off and. Watch, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Brady sink. Like those are the old guys. The young guns are coming. I think it's going to be Pat Mahomes, uh, Allen, Herbert, Joe Burrow, and and Kyle Murray, the midget running around. I I just think I think he can do it. I think those guys are just going to take over this league this year. I think it's time. I think it's really time for it. And what Lamar is, Jackson. Is. I didn't even mention Lamar Jackson. Jesus, Lamar Jackson. We just spoke about him. I mean, that guy is incredible himself. So, like, we got ourselves an amazing league. I'm excited. Where did Mike Williams go in your draft? I got him. I got him at um, eight point three in a super flex uh, dynasty uh, two PPR uh, tight end startup. That's, that's right after Court, right after Cortland Sutton and Darnell Mooney, and right before Sky Moore, Hunter Renfro, and Jamison Williams. That's criminal. Yeah. That's criminal. That's criminal. Thank you. Woo, woo. So I I, I, mean, I saw that coming, yeah. baby. That's fantastic. Yeah. That, In our draft from last month, he went at 6'11", two spots after Keenan Allen. To one very sharp player. His, you guys might know him. His name is Alan Sislowski. So. Yeah, Alan. So right after I took that, he tweeted. We're in a Mike and I are in a group chat with him. And uh, he, he uh, 
texted. He's like, because I took Zeke and uh, and Mike Williams back to back, and uh, he was like, that is just exactly what I would have done. He was like, that's those yeah. are my picks. But I just and I just tweeted. I, I just texted back. I was like, Mike Williams is discount DK Metcalf. That's who he is. I think he can have a massive upside with touchdowns. And I think it's going to be awesome. I, I I think this is his year that he's going to make, break out big time. Look, and if okay. You can, if you, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say if you you mentioned DK discount DK Metcalf this year, twenty twenty two, range of outcomes. I gave it fifty fifty. Which player scores more per game? Like, yep. I had Mike. Fantastic. Yeah, I, no, I, I, I I would. I would take Mike Williams. Honestly, he's in a, he's yeah. in a more stable offense. Pete Carroll will run the ball 44 times a game if he could, and he would be absolutely completely satisfied to try and pass five to seven times a game. I mean, and I think he's got an open, he he's got an open competition between Drew Locke and Geno Smith. He don't want to throw the ball. He wants to run the ball. Um, I, I, I'm just curious, is Baker going to show up? If Baker shows up, what do you do? What do you say about DK then? Uh, I mean, Baker destroyed OBJ, so I don't think – I still think you got to look at the quarterback situation. A better better quarterback, more stable offense. Okay. You know, you got mm-hmm. you got Brandon Staley. You got that whole offensive system out there. Like, I, get, give me Williams over DK. The only, yeah. the only wow. thing that I – the only thing that I'll say with with Williams is you got to be – you got to be more than happy. You got to be – you got to have a strong stomach. You got to ride the tide. There's weeks where he's yeah. going to put up 32, and then there's weeks where he's going to put up less than eight. So as a – he's – as a QB2 with a QB1 who has a real stable floor, like if you can pair him with – like if you're – and this this would be a redraft, but if you're on the back and you want to grab like uh, like a Deontay – Deontay Johnson and Mike Williams as your as your wide receiver one and two. That's awesome. You get you get yeah. the floor with Deontay. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get 15 to 18 every week, and then you're going to have weeks where you're completely untouchable with Mike Williams, and then you just build your team around him. I just got I got Adams. He's my floor. He's my wide receiver yeah. one in that. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So, yep. like, yeah. I, he's going to just get pummeled with targets. I I think I, I I'm a I, I will just say this. I'm sneaky high on the Raiders this year. Like I think mm-hmm. Derek Carr has the ability and now the talent around him to jump up into that QB eight kind of area. I think he can be there very easily with, with the talent around him right now. Have you guys heard is McDaniels going to be calling plays? Oh yeah. hundred percent. He's going to be come on. Probably yeah. right. I would assume so. Yeah. I mean, maybe not. I, I mean, so. it's a, I would know he's he arrogant. He, he will. He will. Yeah. Arrogant. He's He's effective. Stop it. But hey, I, dude, I'm all in on. I I really think he's gonna learn. I mean, think about what he did with Brandon Marshall, dude. Brandon Marshall had a game where where he had like 20 plus catches, like 20 yes. plus catches, dude. That's yeah. gonna be Adams. Like Adams is gonna have games where he's gonna have 15 catches. I book it. Like that is gonna happen. Like I think McDaniel's is a, a stud play caller. I think he's gonna amplify everything about Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is gonna have the ability and trust with Adams that he never had with anybody else that he's ever played with in his whole career. I, I I just feel like he's he's primed and ready to take that next leap. Yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. Okay, guys, I want to take go back on Mike Williams a little bit just because I was going to choose Mike Williams as well. So I, I did look at a few uh, of the numbers, but here's some things. Okay, so in 16 games, we played the entire full season, which was for Mike Williams. That was fantastic, right? Yep. Um, Keenan Allen averaged 16.1 fantasy points per game. Mike Williams was 15.4. So from a fantasy per game perspective, they were actually both pretty consistent. Okay. Yep. Obviously, the difference was Keenan or Keenan Allen got the receptions, 106 versus Mike Williams only had 76. But Mike Williams had nine touchdowns versus Keenan Allen six. Okay. I think he gets four, but four, 12, 13 touchdowns this year. Like that's how he yeah. can do that. Touch touchdowns are hard to predict, but when you yep. look at you close your eyes, I mean, really, it's it's those two and then Austin Eckler like are going to be catching passes. But he was averaging eight targets a game for a total of 129 on the season. Yards per reception, 15.08, which was fantastic. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Average target distance, 10.8 yards versus Keenan Allen's about 8.94. He had 25 deep targets, which is just fantastic. He got about one and a half deep targets per game. So, you know, on any given game, there's got that massive upside for a, a, a one, a deep ball but also two, the touchdown upside. So any given week, Mike Williams can just destroy your lineup. So I love it. You know, you go, you close your eyes, you're picking on the back of the first round. You're like, 
fuck. I wanted one of those early picks. You go on the three, four turn. Like you said, you go a guy like Deontay Johnson and come back in round four with Mike Williams. It doesn't matter how you started your draft. You guys are going four strong, two running backs like that, like that anchors your team and you're you're laughing all the way to the bank because there's just that massive upside every single week. So oh, I'm so happy you guys like that one. <laughs> I'm so happy you guys like that Jesus. one. I'm assuming this is for, for Mike Williams. Clipboard Jesus. I'm going to say is going on record of saying he's predicting bold call 22 touchdowns to Mike no. Williams this year. He's going to break <laughs> the – does Randy Moss still have that record? Or is that Demarius Thomas now for, for total touchdowns I, in a season? Has to be Moss. I think it was Moss from that uh, 2007 season with Tommy, but uh, yeah, yeah, no, that's interesting. I, okay, I, honestly, I'm I'm expecting 12 touchdowns, 12, 13 touchdowns. I think that can that's totally in the realm. Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Go ahead. Um, well, how okay. about you? Who's your target? I have a few players that I'm liking, but you know, and, and maybe I'm just spending too much time with you guys and too much time with Al. But the value on these aging running backs, it's just it's just too like it's too tempting to pass on. And this one might be a short term window. So in Dynasty, it gives you a little bit of pause. But last I checked, we want to win this year. Okay, Lena Finette, Uncle Lenny, playoff Lenny, my boy. I'm going back to the well, man. I'm going back to the well, Lena Finette. Um, I will say, though. I will say though, okay, Leonard Fournette in underdog ADP, he's going late round two. For me, that's that's a little too rich for my blood, and it's not so much a shot on Leonard Fournette. I think that when they drafted Rashad White, you guys know how high all three of us are on are on Rashad yeah. White. Oh yeah, he we has love talent. If if Rashad and he's a little bit older, right? He was a senior. He was at the Senior Bowl, which is a good thing. Twenty three. He's, he's twenty three. If Lena, or excuse me, if Rashad White can get the trust of Tom Brady, then I think it is going to scale back Leonard Fournette's touches just a little bit. However, it's not going to be a bad thing because we still know that Leonard Fournette is going to get the targets. He's going to get the first down rushing work. He's going to get the touchdown opportunities. He obviously has the trust and faith of one Tom Brady, aforementioned. He's still, what what is he, 27 years old at this point? So, like, Yeah, and he just signed a deal. Yeah, and what's so funny is that like we, we used to think 27 years old for a running back was just absolutely ancient. But then you look, like we've got Alvin Kamara, we've got Lena Finette, we've got Austin Eckler, we've got Derek Henry, we've got Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook. 26, all Ezekiel. These, all, Ezekiel. Yeah, 26. But I'm saying like all these upper aging running backs, yeah. that typically 24, 25 is what you looked at, right? And then you would ship the hell out of Gone. those running backs. They'd be off your team immediately. But there's so much value right now. And these guys are still the starters on our team. And for the yep, most part, as long as they can stay healthy, like they're going to get put up fantasy production. So go ahead. Th- that's Ryan, exactly what I was going to point out. The, that's what's see these young guys, these young RBs that have a lot of dynasty value that we got, but they don't have the, the role yet. Right. These guys have the defined role, the Dalvin cooks, the Alvin Kamara's, the Zeke Elliott's, uh, Leonard Fournette, they have established roles that are, they are going to get. And if you are, if you think you can draft a team that can win in the first two years, those guys are it, man. Like you, I just got, I just got Dalvin in the third round in my dynamic startup, and I'm excited about it. I, I have no problem with taking him there. Um, I got Zeke in the in the seventh round or eighth round, and uh, that that's just if you're gonna. He has the money contract. They have all the money. They have the power. They are defined roles. And I'm all about it. If the first couple of years, you can draft another RB later on. You can get RBs later. Like get a guys that are established, established, established. Okay. Cliff if you want to win now. Clifford Jesus being a coward and correcting what he was saying, saying it was 22 receptions in a single game, not 22 touchdowns for Mike Williams. For, for Brandon Marshall. Fine. Yeah, we're going to allow it. Because we were talking about Brandon Marshall. There. But he's gonna, yeah. yeah, he's saying Mike Williams can do that. So I get it. <laughs> like, Fine, could, for Jesus. We'll allow it. Yeah. But anyways, but that's I, – I totally see all what you're saying in drafts. Like, I'm willing to take guys with defined roles, man, because they're rare in the running back running back position yeah. right now. They're rare. Like, you, you just don't get the Dalvin Cook roles. 
you know, they're not J.K. Dobbins has Edward has Edwards to think about has uh, has Lamar to think about. You you know, you got mm-hmm. you got Swift, you got all these other targets. We'll see if they commit fully to Swift. Um, I'm hoping they do, man. I think they do. I think they really do. But yeah, like there's yeah. young guys that we want them to get these deals. Like same with Javante, he, the Melvin Gordon's there. Like mm-hmm. you, all the upside is kind of capped. But like with these other guys, Dalvin Cook, huge upside, huge upside. I got a question for you boys. Um, so I'm in a underdog draft, and I'm picking it. I was I'm, I'm at the two spot. So uh, round two, two eleven. I had the choice between Leonard Fournette and uh, Javante Williams. Which way would you guys have gone? Redraft? Yeah, just an underdog. Just underdog? Yeah, just the puppy, the tournament. Who'd you take with the first round? First round, I went to CMC. This was the one I went to CMC with. My Ooh. first year of CMC. I Look, my okay, so this is a tournament. This is a puppy tournament, uh, $5 entry. And I kind of said, listen, like, I, I, I haven't been, I've been vocally not in on CMC at that price just because there's way too much risk. And in the event that he stays healthy, it's probably going to be because they're scaling back his touches. Not that I'm a big Isaiah Spiller guy, but they drafted him. Okay. Um, but we, we saw what CMC did last year when he was healthy. And what if he does stay healthy? It's just that the upside is massive. And frankly, you have to kind of hit the nuts with your draft if you're going to win that tournament anyways. Right. So I went CMC. Um, and then on the turn, I went, there were a few different players I was leaning. Actually, you know what? I went with, yeah, I went with Javante. And then I came back and I went with T Higgins in round three. So that, that's how we started off my draft. Pretty happy with it. I can't, can't really complain, but uh, what would you guys have done there? I'm very curious. Cause that was a tough. I think that's probably, have. I think that's probably what I would have, what I would, I would have done as well. I mean, you look at it, Javante is a Melvin, a Melvin Gordon hamstring away from being um, mm. potentially mm. the R, potentially the RB one. Mm. So like you look at those kind of situations Fournette being on the other side, being 27, he's only, he's a year younger than Melvin Gordon. Mm. He's a, he's a hamstring away from Rashad white being the running back one in that situation. So like, yeah. like you said, in those tournaments, you kind of have to hit the nuts and you gotta, you gotta jump out and be bold a little bit. And I think that, I think that's the right way to go. Okay. I would have went Leonard. I go Leonard. Um, I just think the pass work is going to be there. It's elite. Um, it's consistent. I think I think because of Godwin's slow roll into the offense this year because of injury, mm-hmm. I think there's going to be a lot more running, um, a lot more usage out of the RB room with Rashad White as well. Like Rashad White can still have touches and not affect Leonard Fournette's workload just because of the fact that Godwin is down. I know they picked up Russell Gage to help with that slack a little bit, but is Rob Gronkowski coming back? I don't know. Like people that could be another that we'll see. I don't know, man. He might be just done. You never know. But yeah, I I expect Gronk to come back, but I think Leonard has a defined role. I think Tom, from what I'm reading, Tom and Leonard Fournette have like a crazy good relationship. Like, like they are, they are homies. So I don't expect Tom in his last year going for the Super Bowl because I think this is his last year. Um, yeah. <laughs> I think this is it. He's got that bag waiting at Fox Sports. He's got that bag yeah. waiting. It's all worked out. I I, I, I I, just feel that Leonard Fournette has a defined role. And only a very – there was a very few guys that were getting six targets a game out of the backfield like Leonard Fournette was last year. Like that, okay, that very few. Let's, let's deep dive that real quick, okay? Because I've got the stats in front of me. So last year in total, he Leonard Fournette had okay. First of all, he finished as the RB four in yeah. the game, which is fantastic. Okay, um, he had sixty nine total receptions, and he averaged, like you said, six targets per game. Do you think that's going to be consistent this year? Yeah. No. You think, do you think he's? I, no, I don't. I think yeah. that was more about Gio Bernard. I think they wanted mm-hmm. Gio Bernard to come in and take that, take that, uh, some of that passing down work, and I think that his injury, his injury forced Fournette onto the field more. So, do you think that Rashad White is going to step in as that pass catcher? I think that I think it adds a little bit more volatility to the situation. I, dude, yeah. I'm telling you, later in the season, maybe, but like, we're going to figure out if Rashad White can block. If he can block. And he and Tom Brady's not going to get annihilated. Yeah, then he'll get his password because that's what he did. I mean, he was a star with the password mm-hmm. in college. 45 catches or some shit his last year. It was insane what he was doing. And so I just I just feel like there's good, like I said, with Godwin injury, that's a big injury, guys. That's a lot of targets. That's a lot of mm-hmm. offense off the field. I don't think Russell Gage is going to pick 100 percent up of all that. 
I really think they're going to lean and try and keep Tom healthy. He's older. They're going to lean on the oh. pass catching ability of the backs and run, run the run the rock. What's up? So here, here's, some, here's something what? to look. Here's something to look at on on Fournette his situ his his contract situation. So it was a three year twenty one million dollar deal. Dead cap this year is nine million. Dead cap twenty three is five point three million. Their out is after twenty four. Their dead cap is only one point seven right. on him. So so he's he's guaranteed roles for the next two years. Is, I think two it's years. Of what it was That's why it was. I've been on him for dynasty because he's going to give me two years of elite production he's going to he's in a great offense he's going to do that um i mean let i mean tom like i said tom might is most likely going to leave this year so we'll see but i they have another year to work out who the hell is going to bet you know come in and maybe Jameis winston will come back <laughs> after the yeah. saints you know you never you never know like let's, i mean you see i i, I want to put the six targets per game into context, okay? Just that's huge. It's all rel. It's it's massive. So him <laughs> and DeAndre Swift led the league with six targets per game. Okay. After that, Austin Eckler was five point eight eight. Following that, Alvin Kamara or Christian McCaffrey was five point eight six. Alvin Kamara was five point one five. And then you look at some other like Aaron Jones, four point three. Josh Jacobs, oh that's interesting, four point two seven. That one would that's really wild. Happen. That, yeah. that one was kind of shocking. That's a shocking little stat that you look at when you really look at it. So I think naturally he's probably going to go back. I would say a good fair number, probably five targets per game, which is still fantastic. It's still elite. You know, we just named off some of the top targets. Like that would be fantastic. Um, uh, Jonathan Taylor averaged about three ga- three per game. Joe Mixon about three per game. So give or take, he's probably going to get more targets than them. So I'd say four to five targets per game is, is fair and realistic. Um, it's going to be a bit of a step back. Again, I mean, Leonard Fournette had a special season last year. I don't think it's realistic to say that he's going to repeat it. But going back to the whole point of this conversation, of uh, he, he's still a value in your dynasty drafts. He's going way too far. Because um, I don't know if you guys listened, but uh, Byron Lambert was on the show with, with Al on the Rotowire show this week. And they were just mm-hmm. talking about, like, very simple exercise. You take your dynasty ADPs, you line them up next to your redraft ADPs, and you look at where the biggest discrepancies are. I guarantee you, when you look at that number, Leonard Fournette going around two of redraft versus rounds five, six, seven in your dynasty startups, like that's a value, man. That is a value. So, yeah, take it for what it is. That's Boys, why I took him minutes. in our draft. <laughs> I know. I know. I, you did. I was telling him, like, who took him? Where did he go yep. in your startup that you guys are in currently? Uh, look, I'll around. Do you have look, it in front of you? Right now. He went seven. Okay. Round seven? Round seven? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I think it was and then round seven, he went seven point five to you in our in our startup from last month, Brandon. So that that's the sweet spot, man. You, you reduce two, you take two rounds off for Superflex. That's round five value. I mean, that's that's fantastic. That's crazy. Versus round two, <laughs> right? Versus round yeah. two in in, in redraft. Yeah. So, um, boys, we're going at forty seven minutes. Let's let's try to go a little bit quicker for our second choices. Mike, you're up. All right. So for my second choice, I think I'm looking at, uh, I'm going to go to one of the secondary spots. I'm not going to look quarterback. I'm not going to look wide receiver. I'm not going to look at uh, running back. I think I'm going to go to tight end. And I think I'm going to go to Pat Fryermuth with the Pittsburgh oh, Steelers. So you kind of look at, you look at what he gave you last year. Let me pull, let me pull some numbers up last year. Hold on one quick second here. Uh, and this is this is assuming this this works well for tight end premium or for just straight or for just straight uh just straight uh uh single point ppr on those so last year he was the he was the tight end 13 211 points um 211.7 points he had a rough start though he didn't really get going until the back half of the year so from week eight on, he put up at least 10 fantasy points every single week that he played. He, he missed one game. I don't know if it was injury or COVID, um, but he, uh, he put, he gave you more than 10 points every single week. You look at, you look at that quarterback situation. We've, I've talked about this before. They paid Mitch Trubisky backup money to be a backup quarterback, even though he was the first quarterback they added this offseason. That does not mean that he's going to be their starter. Pickett came in. He has first round draft capital. He's been in that building for the last six years. Regardless of what I or anybody else thinks about how small his hands are or whether or not that worries you, he's still going to be their starting quarterback this year. There's no better safety blanket for us for a rookie quarterback than a big tight end who can catch the football. And that's what Frymouth is for you. Um, you know, they have you you kind of look at the the other options that they have there. Yeah, Deontay Johnson is is amazing. He's going to get his share. Um, 
They got Chase Claypool. They got George Pickens on the outside. They got Najee Harris. It's a really good, strong offense. You kind of worry about that a little bit when you look at potentially Frymouth being, you know, the fourth or fifth target on that offense. But I think that I think that what that does is that opens it up a lot more for him. So if you have to worry about Johnson, Pickens, and Claypool, and then you worry about Najee, whether it's stacking the box or whether it's worrying about him coming out of the backfield, that just opens it up. That's going to give Frymouth room to operate. It's going to put him in some nice one-on-one matchups, and he's a red zone target too. Like that's really where he shined last year was in the red zone so this uh this draft that brandon and i are in Fryermuth went in the he went in the he went in the back half of the fifth round you know and he went he went two tight ends like a two-point tight end league right two-point ppr league yeah so he's going the kittle kittle really fell in this draft but um yeah yeah so i think that Fryermuth is with where he's going it's i i just think that tight end Tight end being what it is, there's such a disparity. I don't know that his ADP is necessarily not commensurate with where he is in the rankings, but I think that for me, I'm pushing him up a little bit more because I think the positional scarcity pushes him up a little bit more. I think he's somebody that can give you that can give you good leverage at a good price. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And here's the thing, right? Like he had seven touchdowns last year, which is 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 good it's it's quite high for a tight end but that's that's how you rank tight ends it's you bank on those touchdowns like that's what's going to make or break it so i i think that's great value especially for in your in your current setup with two points per reception for tight ends that's fantastic uh brandon do you have a player so we're gonna stick in the same position man i've been saying it he is my target for value target for tight end for this year and that's zach ertz Zach Ertz is going to absolutely smash this year compared to his ADP. He is going to end up if he stays granted health. He's he's a year younger than Travis Kelsey. He's no matter what anybody says, he's linked up with Kyler Murray, a very 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 good quarterback that needs big targets in the end zone because he is short. You're right. You're right. He needs guys that he can see through the, the through the mess. And when he arrived in Arizona, that he immediately took effect, and he had um, he had 81 targets with 56 catches, and he he got with three touchdowns. He got that. He got and he finished tight end five, and he arrived halfway through the season. Okay, he had nothing in Philadelphia. He had nothing going on in Philadelphia, and he ended up tight end five. So give him a full year with Kyler Murray and offseason to train with Kyler Murray and all this Arizona. And people, those old players love hanging out in Arizona, boys. Training in Arizona is a fountain of youth for players. I I will always say that. That's why Tom Brady loved Florida because that warm weather helps out old guys, dude. And it's the same thing with AZ. The old guys will flourish in AZ. And I feel like Zach has a monster opportunity here with six games of suspended DeAndre Hopkins to deal with. And he's going to get massive targets early in the season. I think Zach Ertz is going to smash. I think he's top five, easy tight end, top three possible finish this year. Um, He is somebody, if you want to fade the tight end position, go get him later in your drafts. And you're going to be, and he just signed a three-year deal. So that is money that is going to be coming his way. He has a role established for the next two years for dynasty fountain youth down South, man. That's, that's a good take a yeah. uh, quick question from clipboard. Jesus, would you guys trade Lamar for Pickett and Burks? No, Mike, no, nor would I. So keep, keep your boy Lamar. He's the upside is too it, massive. Depends which side you're on. Um, yeah, we're on the Lamar side. So if you're giving Pickett yeah. and Burks and getting Lamar, go for it. Do it. No, yeah. He's trading, smash. Smash. No, he's trading Lamar for no. Pickett and Burks. So I yeah. read it. He would be training away Lamar. No, I mean, look, like, I don't love the fact that his contract is uncertain and he just seemingly refuses to talk about the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, the GM came out and said earlier in the offseason that, like, he believes that the, like, the psychology is Lamar doesn't think he deserves it. Bullshit. Nonsense. I don't know what Lamar is doing, but I I guarantee you when you look at these other um, players that are like making absolute bank, like Lamar thinks he wants to make bank. So I don't know what strategically is doing by not talking to the Baltimore organization, but yeah, you you hang on to that guy, man. You just hang on to him. Look, injury is risky for any player, um, especially in a player of his playing style, call it, but Kenny Pickett, man, like, whoa. Drafted at the 20th overall pick. He wasn't a top pick. 
It's just there's too many question marks. So you go with Lamar. You go with Lamar on that one. Um, okay, so I'm going to go with my last pick here. And it was a player that you and I were chatting about uh, before the draft started, or before the draft started, before the show started about your draft. And it's a player that I like, man. Brandon Ayuk, he's going so late. The hate is on, man. Look about look look at what happened last year. Okay, so coming in as a rookie, similar to the Amon Ross St. Brown situation, there wasn't a lot of target competition. So as a rookie, he broke out. It's fantastic. He was being drafted super high. He was going ahead of Debo last year in drafts, which yeah. in hindsight obviously was wrong. But <laughs> yeah. it, there was a reason for it, right? Because we saw we saw the glimpse. And so I think that the locker room, just the whole vibe this year is going to be completely different with Trey Lance being a starter. He's healthy. That index finger is apparently quite healthy. And uh, I think Brandon and Ayuk going to round nine, round 10 of these startup drafts is simply too late for a young wide receiver. He's only 24. He's going to be 24 years old. Uh, during the season, the talent is there. He's got the draft pedigree. He's showing glimpses. So don't let last season completely scare you off. It was just a weird situation. And um, Debo Samuel just balled the hell out. So I, I understand that it's probably going to be a low volume passing offense next year. Yes. But Brandon Ayuk, still a wide receiver two on that team. Um, I, round nine, round 10 value, smash, smash, smash. Yeah. So that's it. He's going in his year three. He he. I mean, he has some pedigree to him, so I I like him a lot. I wish he, I wish Kyle liked him more than we as much as we do. I just don't understand. I wonder. I, it must be a personality thing. Like yeah. he he must not vibe with him or whatever. But I think he'll understand. Tight. You know, these guys are all professionals. You can get over that kind of stuff. Yeah, and around the uh, end of the season last year, he he played better. It wasn't fantastic, but he he did start to play better. So yeah, I. Uh, I'm going for it, man. He's still one of my guys at that value at that age. I mean, he was going probably what round five last year in startup. Yeah. Like, take the value on that, man. Um, okay. Last question. We're going to, we're going to get out of here. So redraft. is Eckler a top three running back this year in redraft? Um, I don't know. That's a tough question, Mike. What do you think? Uh, I think it's a hard, maybe um, that's, yeah. I think he's four, number four, actually. I think, I think he's close though. Yeah, he he's hovering right around there. Uh, it, you you want to say yes, but you're banking on you have to you have to bake in some touchdown regression. So he was what he was like the, he was the running back two next last year. So I don't yeah. know that I, he's not going to get that touchdown volume. It's just not going to happen. It's impractical. So you know you look at the top. Obviously, uh, JT is everybody's consensus number one. Then it's you go man. if if CMC stays healthy all year, but his role scaled back. Where does he land? You know, you you kind of look at he could he could take a huge touchdown share with a yep. with a lightened workload. Then you have Najee, who you know is going to get that volume. I think that I think that you look at Eckler in that kind of like Javante Williams tier, right around Javante Williams, Derrick Henry in that tier, right around there. So however you want to kind of toss those guys up and see how they shake out. Um, I think that's five. That's where he's top five. I got I got Eckler in top five. Yeah, top yeah. five. Top three is rich. Top five. The the running back position this year in round one, honestly, like even man, I just feel like it's it's so it sketchy, scared, right? Yeah. It makes you it definitely makes you a little bit scared. And like Jonathan Taylor, CMC is like the consensus by ADP uh running back two. I don't love that. Then you got Austin Eckler, who typically goes around five or six in round one. So obviously the three top wide receivers are, are going off the board. Um, let's just put it this way. I was drafting well, the, I think it was like I had one or two drafts where I had the two pick pre NFL draft. And I, and I elected to choose Austin Eckler there just because I mean, Austin Eckler has the same upside as the CMC. We've seen it. Right. And he's typically stayed healthy for more or at least, you know, by our recency bias, he stayed healthy recently. Um, but it's tough, man. It's really tough. And I'm probably taking Austin Eckler around pick six, seven, eight right, right now. I'm probably going to defer to those wide receivers. Um, in that yeah wide receiver uh, that's yeah. yeah it's just safer it's just safer but yeah i mean i'd say top five top five to be sure so so that's it i just want to say before we ended up um this this is memorial day weekend guys uh as everybody knows i'm a uh combat veteran of, of the u.s army and uh just wanted to give a shout out to my brothers that were falling in combat um had a few of them and uh we uh we owe everything to those guys generations of people have you know, sacrifice everything. So just wanted to shout that out and uh, enjoy 
your weekend, your holiday weekend, uh, and drink a beer for them. Yep. Under, understand why you can enjoy your holiday weekend. That's yeah. the most important thing. Understand why you can. Yeah. I would say, look, this, this last week was extremely tough, extremely tough. And just if you, you know, tell your family members, you love them, you know, give your kids a hug, give your wife, your husband, your, your spouse, your friends, your family, just let them know how much you love them and appreciate them. So Brandon, Mike, yeah. I appreciate you boys. Thanks for coming on this ride with me. Um, this is this is gonna be the last Flex Network show for a little while, and um, you know, in, in honor of that, like it's you know, I appreciate you guys, and I love you guys, and we wouldn't be here without you two. So thank you so much for coming on this journey with me, and you know, phase two is gonna be the DFS Army. So phase um, two, happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody. Uh, Brandon, of course, you can follow him on Twitter at BrandonDAdam19. You can follow Mike on Twitter at Mike underscore Dickinson, and of course, myself, uh, Flex Shane. You can follow at the Flex Network One. So for the Flex Network, we're signing off this time for a little while, but we will have content weekly, DFS Army, more to come. We'll send out all the links, all that information. So thank you so much for everybody who's tuned in. And uh, it's, it's been a wild ride, man. And let's, let's keep it going. So for Mike, for Brandon, I'm Flex Shane. And we are the Flex Network. Peace. See you. This is the Flex Network. <laughs> this is the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. This right here is the Flex Network. Yeah. Flex on the G.